Jesus precious name you may be seated bless him God bless you hallelujah how many of us are born again you are born again how many of us are filled with the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking with other tongues? Lift your hands. Filled by the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking with other tongues? Good. So how many of us do not speak in tongues? Lift your hands. A couple of us. So, Pastor Dan, that is one of the things we always need to work on. Praise the Lord. It's very important for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking with other tongues. Amen? Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. As already announced, we are looking at a very important branch, branch of wisdom called planning. Somebody shout planning. planning. Say it louder. Planning. planning. And in this discussion, We'll be looking at technicalities of planning and how you can draw a 20-year life development plan. Amen? And once we take you through this, I will be giving us up to 30th of March from today to draw your life development plan for the next 20 years. Amen? There is a difference between you and a chicken or a goat. A goat does not need to plan. <laughs> it just wakes up and taken to where it can eat by the shepherd. But as for us, as people created in the image of God, we are supposed to plan our lives. Amen? And so once we take you through this, you, you go and have yourself some good time between today and the 30th of March to draw something about where you want to be 20 years from now. Is that enough time? Amen? And then on the 31st, which is going to be a Sunday like today, during a service like this, we are going to have time to dedicate those plans into the hands of God. And let's see if 20 years from now you are going to be an ordinary person. 
Never. Never. Amen? And also some important news again about the 31st is that we are going to anoint and dedicate the whole leadership of the PICC Youth Church. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for those of us that are here, but our vision of this church, the PICC Youth Church, is not just for few people gathering like this. We want to reach out to as many youths in this city as we practically can so that a time is coming when we are going to have thousands of youths attending our church services. So we all have a part to play. We are not just going to be here to equip you for yourself, but also to challenge you to reach out to your fellow youths and bring them to Christ and to God. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. Let's begin our discussion on planning. That's the main topic, planning. Somebody shout planning. And by way of introduction, I would like to emphasize that each one of us was born to fulfill purpose. Somebody shout with me, I was born to fulfill purpose. Our existence here on earth is evidence that we were born for relevance. The fact that we are here on earth today is evidence enough that we were born for relevance. That God has something unique. God has something specific that he would like us to fulfill or achieve in this life. And by the special grace of God, we are all going to live to achieve purpose in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And please hear this. Our primary goal in life should be to fulfill our purpose. That should be everybody's primary goal. To fulfill his or her purpose. In John chapter 4 and verse number 34. John chapter 4. And verse number 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus was committed to fulfilling the purpose that the Father sent him on earth for. He said, that is my food. Why is he using food? To talk about what the father sent him to do. It's because food is there 
to satisfy our hunger needs. So he's simply saying that my satisfaction and priority in life is to fulfill the purpose for which I came. He was always mindful of the purpose for which he came to the earth. We equally must always put purpose before us in all that we do. Hear this. We can never live a fulfilled life if we don't achieve the purpose for which God made us. We can never live a fulfilled life if we don't commit to actualizing the purpose for which we came. And that makes the issue of purpose crucially important. The meaning is, we must all be very clear about what our purpose in life is. Ask your neighbor, do you know your purpose in life? I know that most of us are at a stage where we probably are not very clear about purpose. And that is why I have to start with that before we venture into planning. Miles Munro once said, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. When the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. If you don't know why you are around, you are going to abuse yourself. Or you allow others or the devil to abuse you. If you don't know the purpose of your education, you are going to abuse your education. If a man or a woman does not know the purpose of marriage, he or she is going to abuse the marriage. That which you don't know is purposeful, you tend to abuse it. Hallelujah. So, just to probably put ourselves in the right frame of mind, what is purpose? What is purpose? I mean, there are many definitions of purpose. I was able to capture the following. Number one, purpose is the original intent for the creation of a thing. The original intent for the creation of a thing. The manufacturer of a cell phone manufactured it for specific purposes. There are certain things that a phone cannot do because those things are not in line with the purpose for which a phone was manufactured. You cannot use a cell phone to iron your clothes. Why? It was not meant for that purpose. So when we talk of a purpose, we are simply talking about that original intent for the creation of a thing. What is purpose? Hear this. The original reason for the existence of a thing. The original reason for the existence of a thing. It is amazing how today so many people, including young people, are abusing themselves. 
how young people are piercing themselves with all kinds of griefs is worrisome. It's amazing. Why? It is because they don't know their purpose. When you don't know your purpose, the original reason for the ex your existence, you end up abusing yourself. What is purpose? The end for which the means exist. The end for which the means exist. Why am I doing what I'm doing? What is it that I want to achieve? Why are we undertaking all these activities? What is it that we want to achieve? The end, what is the end product of this process? That's purpose. The end product of a process. What do I want to get out of what I'm doing? What is purpose? Purpose is the cause for the creation of a thing. The cause. When God said, let us make man in our image, what caused him to make that decision? That's purpose. The cause for the creation of a thing. Lastly, purpose is the desired results that initiates production. The desired result that initiates production. Okay, that is where we want to be. So what must we do now in order to get there? What result do we have in mind for initiating production? Now, in the case of Jeremiah, God said this to him. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, what did he say? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. This is what we call the revelation of purpose. It would have been a waste of destiny if Jeremiah had ended up a carpenter. If he had not ended up a prophet, that would have been a waste of destiny. Because he was wired to be a prophet, not just to his village, but to the nations. I have ordained you a prophet to the nations. Clear, straightforward. Now, hear this. You may not have been made to be a prophet, but there is something very specific for which God made your life. And my prayer for you is that you shall live to fulfill it in the name of Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor, I'm here for purpose. So the question really, very quickly, is how do I know my purpose? How do I know my purpose? I'll give you just two keys 
not bother you with too many things. I'll just give you two keys. Number one, ask God what your purpose for life is. Who do you ask? God. Why? It is because you came from him. You came from God. He is the one who decided that you're going to be around. I think that is what we've seen about Jeremiah in chapter 1 and that verse number 5 which we read. Before I formed you in the womb. Who formed Jeremiah in his mother's womb? God. And before you were brought forth, I ordained you. Father, I know my being here on earth means that I carry relevance. There's a reason for my being. Reveal to me the purpose for which you made me. What am I here for? What did I come to do? Obviously, I know I did not come as a biological accident. I did not come to waste your oxygen. I came for a definite purpose in your master plan. Show me what it is. In Psalm 2 verse 8, Psalm 2 and verse number 8, what does it say? Ask of me, please. Don't bother yourself with people. Ask of God. Ask of God. Ask of me. I will show you. I will tell you what it is that you're here for. Please, you don't make assumptions about purpose. God must reveal it to you. God must reveal it to you. You remember in Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 to 8. Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 to 8. What does it say? Ask. You see, the reason why many people are stranded is because they are not asking. They are not asking. Ask. And it will be given to you. So, if you ask God the details of your purpose, God says, those details will be given to you. Those details will be given to you. Those details will be given to you. Ask God. And that is a serious matter. Ask God. He says, ask of me. Ask of me. Now hear this. In Jeremiah 33 verse number 3. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse number 3. God said, call to me. Concerning your purpose. And I will answer you. And I will show you. Great and mighty things about your purpose which you do not know. I will reveal them. The key is what? Call. Call. Sit with God. Let him show you why you are around. <laughs> At the age of 17, Joseph had two dreams in quick succession. And both dreams pointed to the fact that he was going to be a leader among his people. And 13 years later, the dreams came to pass. Now hear this. The dream that came to pass in the life of Joseph, 
at the age of 30 is the dream that he had at the age of 17. If you don't have it, you cannot actualize it. Is it making sense? The reason why it came to pass is because he had a dream. His own brother said about Joseph, here comes a dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. Tell your neighbor, I am a dreamer. Yes, you must have a dream. And when we talk of a dream, we're talking about purpose. What is it that you dream yourself becoming 20 years from now? Joseph became it 13 years later. So you are drawing a 20-year plan. That does not mean you have to wait until 20 years from now for it to come to pass. Some of you, after 10 years, you discover you have already accomplished what you, you thought was your dream. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I want you to live a well-organized life. Don't be a haphazard person. Be well organized. You must know exactly what you are aiming at in life. That way you are going to avoid many dangers of life. Because life is full of dangers. You are going to avoid many dangers when you have a clearly defined plan as to what you want to achieve next 20 years or so. Praise the name of Jesus. God says, I will show you. Now, somebody may be saying, Pastor, how is God going to show me? Now, I can't predict, but one thing I know is that it may be through your mind and thoughts. Through your mind and what? Thoughts. God may drop ideas in your mind to say, this is what I have in store for you. I mean, like Joseph, it could be, it may be through a dream. Joseph had dreams. Dreams of the night through which he understood his destiny in life. Sometimes it could be through a vision. Vision. And also, it could be through what we call prophetic confirmations. Prophetic confirmations. This could be direct prophetic confirmations. Somebody speaking to you to say, this is what the Lord is saying. And you discover these are the things that you have already been musing on. Thinking about. Pondering on. But probably you are not sure, so the Holy Ghost will always confirm something. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a matter shall be established. That way there will be no doubt at all that probably you, you, maybe I'm not taking the right direction. But these prophetic confirmations can also be what we call indirect prophetic confirmations. As I'm teaching like this, for example... I may say something like, some of you, God wants you to do this. And then it hits you so strongly as a, an indirect prophetic confirmation. Oh, that's me. That's me. That's me. Praise the name of Jesus. Whichever way that God will reveal 
the blueprint for your life, just get ready that God is going to reveal it to you. You don't have to put him in a box to say, God, you are going to speak to me through a dream tonight. No. No, he can do it whichever way he desires. But one thing you should be ready to receive is the revelation of that purpose that you're asking him to show you concerning your life. Is that making sense? Praise the name of Jesus. Sometimes the revelation of your purpose as you ask God can come through what we call deep conviction. What is it? Deep conviction. Deep conviction. I mean, look at Nehemiah. How did he get that vision to champion the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem? It was through a heavy burden. So deep conviction can also be called heavy burden something just weighing heavy on your heart so no we must do some must do something about this i must do something about this i must do something now nehemiah never had a vision never had a dream he only had inner depth of conviction and burden on his heart to say no and because of that he could not eat for days can you imagine it so heavily weighed him that he could he lost appetite immediate loss of appetite he said no i must do something about this situation and that is how you may actually know that look this is my line of purpose in life but also, the revelation of purpose can come through what we are calling holy dissatisfaction. What is it? Holy dissatisfaction. Ah, you look at how certain things are done, you say, no, 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 no I'm not satisfied. This is not how. No, it's not that you are trying to compete with anybody. No, but... This is holy dissatisfaction bestowed on you by the Holy Ghost himself. You are just not satisfied. Yes, it is being done, but I think it can be done better or more differently than this. No. You are just not satisfied. You feel like you should enter into that profession, that field. That line of thinking, that line of activity, that line of business. Because you are saying, there is something I can do to make a difference. You are not competing with anybody, but the spirit of God is just driving you into it. Because you have this holy dissatisfaction. And sometimes you can spend sleepless nights. Because you are thinking about it. You say, no, things need to be done differently in this area. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. Number two. How do I know my purpose? Number one. What do you ask? Ask God. Number two. Do you want to know your purpose? Second key. Simple, 
clear, straightforward key. I don't want to confuse your tender mind. So, simple. Ask questions. What do you do? Ask questions. There are questions you ask. Pastor, can we dispute that handout? Please help me with one. I think I left it on my table. Let's go a bit practical here. Let um, some uh, ushers help pastor, please. Actually, let the ushers distribute. Otherwise, pastor should not be running around. Uh, let's do that quickly, 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 please. Fast, 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 fast. Somebody dispute at the back there. Let everyone have a sheet of this paper. Okay, if you, if, you have, if you have not received, can I see your hand? If you have not received, please, on the ushering side, I mean the press team side, can we dispute? To the press team. Let everyone have a copy, please. Ask questions. And there are specific questions to ask. Is it making sense? Look at your paper now. The first question to ask is, what am I enthusiastic about? You have engaged God, but you are also asking yourself questions. What am I enthusiastic about? Number two. What is question number two? Everyone read one to go. What have I always wanted to become? Because your purpose in life is not far-fetched. It's not something distant. That will wait for some audible voice from the sky. Say, Henry Marty. Hey, okay, God may decide to do that, but, but, but that's not what it, what it is, honestly. <laughs> you can actually receive a voice like that when it is the devil talking. So you have to be very careful. As we grow, I mean as we grow up physically, there are things that cross our minds that are actually purposes. Plans and purposes of God for our lives. But sometimes we don't realize them. I didn't say people should go to page two. That's the problem people have. Be on page one. I'm seeing some of you are doing like this. It's not necessary. You're going to miss what I'm saying here. Are we together here? Read question number one that you must ask yourself. One to go. Can you answer that question? Do you have an answer to that question? I'm asking you. Do you have an answer to that question? Somebody is maybe asking, what is to be enthusiastic? What are you talking about? Now, check in the dictionary. <laughs> check in the dictionary what we are talking about. Number two, what is it? Read again. One to go. What have... I always wanted to become. Is there anything you have always wanted to become? 
Question number three, one to go. What gives me the greatest fulfillment? What gives me the greatest fulfillment? The answers to these questions are pointers to your line of purpose. I'm telling you. Number four is what? What do I constantly imagine about my future? Do you have those imaginations, constant imaginations about your future? Number five, what do I do best with the least effort? You see, there are certain things you do them well with the least what? Effort. Don't struggle. That could be a pointer to your line of purpose. Number six. What has my past experiences prepared me for? Maybe you don't have experiences yet. So maybe that may not apply too much to you. Because at the age of 18, what can you say you have experienced? It's not much really, but whatever it is that you can point out from your past experiences and you believe it has prepared you for something, well, pick it out. Number seven, want to go, what has my education and training equipped me to do? In other words, as you are getting your education, you should be asking yourself this question to say, what is this education equipping me to accomplish in life? What is my training equipping me to do? Number eight. Which one thing would I do if I knew I could not fail? That's a good question, isn't it? Read that question again. One to go, everyone. Which one thing would I do if I knew I could not fail? Can you imagine if there is something you know? If you did it, you would not fail. What is it that you would do? The answer to that question could be a pointer to your line of purpose. The last one, number nine, what do I want to be remembered for? Sir, on your funeral day, what do you want people to be talking about concerning you? Not the usual things people say just out of convenience. But I'm talking about those real facts, real issues that people will actually talk about on somebody's funeral as areas of accomplishments, things that somebody did to make a difference in a generation. What are going to be those things in your case? Now, there are also what we are calling other important what? Questions. Let's look at them. Number one, let's read one to go. How would I want my children to describe, stroke, remember me? Can you imagine that you've grown to be 70? And you have seven children. And maybe 29 grandchildren. And when they all gather on your funeral, what do you want them to say about daddy 
about mommy? Do you think these questions are important? Number two, let's read one to go. How would I want my spouse to describe or remember me? Your spouse now. How would you want your spouse to describe you after you're long gone? Difficult man, troublesome fellow, a wizard of a kind, or a great man who built us 35 houses. Huh? So how would you want your spouse to describe you? Number three, everyone read one to go. What is my most important strength? So those of us that have dealt with what we call sort analysis, this is where now you do a sort analysis of your life. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What are my threats? And what are my opportunities? Praise the name of Jesus. You don't just do sort analysis on companies and businesses. You can do sort analysis on your personal life. Just make sure that you're honest with your assessment. Number four is what is my biggest weaknesses. Why should you know your weaknesses? So that you can turn them into strength. Number five is what want to go. What can I change about myself to make me a better person? To make me a better person. What can I change about myself to make me a better person? Tell your neighbor, you can be, you can be better. You can be better. You can be better. Now, there are also other important questions that we'll be talking about later. But those 14 questions are crucially key in helping define your purpose in life. Those are questions you ask. You ask God to reveal to you what it is that he has in store for you in terms of purpose. But secondly, you ask yourself these important questions. Is that clear? Hallelujah. Whatever your purpose may be in life, hear this. One of the major steps you will have to take towards the realization of that purpose is planning. What is it? Planning. So I want to start talking about planning now. Praise the name of Jesus. And as we talk about this, let me emphasize that there is no accidental success in life. There is no accidental success in life. It is unfair to expect out of life what you did not invest in it. That's being unfair. That is what I call defrauding life. You want to get out of it what you never invested in it. It never works, my friend. 
I don't know if you have listened to my teaching on the subject, bear the yoke in your youth. How many have listened to that teaching? Bear the yoke or your yoke in your youth. Please, can we make that CD available? Everyone must get it. Not for free, you have to buy it. Are we together here? If you don't do certain things at your current age, you will find life difficult tomorrow, and the Lord forbid. At my age, I cannot, yes, I am a man of faith, but I cannot waste my time trying to be a professional footballer. Sir, I'm too late. Is it making sense? So that is why the Bible says there is a time for everything. And that calls for planning. If there is a time for everything, then that requires meticulous planning of your life. Meticulous planning of your life. There is no accidental success in life. <laughs> Somebody said that you can only be as successful as you plan. You can only be as successful as you plan. The better the planning, the higher the success. The poorer the planning, the poorer the results. That is why some people said, that failing to plan is planning to fail. So failure is planned by failing to plan. Failing is planned by failing to plan. So, the Lord our God is a master planner. Who is he? A master planner. And we are his offsprings. So we also must be experts at planning our lives. In Proverbs 16, verse number 3 and 9. Proverbs 16, verse number 3 and 9. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Look at verse number nine. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Who should make plans? The man. Man in his heart should make plans. Man in his heart should make plans. A man's heart must make plans. So the question is, what is planning? What is planning? Hear this. Planning means formulating strategies for achieving something. In this case, 
your purpose. Formulating strategies for achieving something. That's planning. Number two, what is planning? It means putting a program in place for arriving at the expected destination. Putting steps in place, a program in place for arriving at the desired or intended destination, expected destination. Somebody said, an unplanned journey is an unsafe journey. A trip that is not planned is a dangerous trip. Can you imagine that you started off with your vehicle and you didn't know where you're going? How will you know that the fuel in the vehicle will take you to where you're going if you don't know where you're going? What is planning? Hear this. In simple terms, planning is a process of breaking down an assignment into smaller achievable components. The process of breaking down an assignment into smaller achievable components. Do you know that through sensible planning, you can eat a whole elephant. Yes. You, do you know elephant? And do you know that elephant is edible? You don't know? How many has, have ever eaten an elephant here? Elephant meat. Hey, we've done that before. Elephant. People eat elephant meat. Now, what I'm saying is, as big as an elephant is, with sensible planning, you can eat the whole of it on your own. Number one, don't try to eat the whole of it within a week. Break it down into edible components. Whether it will take you 10 years, but it will be put on record that you, one you, <laughs> ate the whole elephant. And nobody will be asking for how long. They will just say, hey, I'm in one other about to walk in a walker. They will not ask how long it took you. Are we together here? That is why in this life, don't be afraid of any goal or assignment. Don't. Because all you need is to break it down into achievable components. Hallelujah. With a salary, for example, of 200,000 kwacha, you can build a house. A three-bedroomed house, nice house, through sensible planning. 200,000 is not much. 
But with sensible planning, you can build a house out of 200,000 quite a salary a month. It, it, it is all about sensible planning. Somebody shout planning. Sensible planning, sensible planning, sensible planning. You break it down into achievable stages. And before you know it, you see that you are making strides that others cannot understand. And you shall make those strides in the name of Jesus. What is planning? Planning means putting things in order. Putting things in order. Putting things in order. It involves setting priorities. What must come first? What can delay? What cannot delay? Planning. You can say over the next three years, I'll be making a saving of so much. Because in three years' time, I'll buy land for my house, my first house. In three years' time, I'll buy land for my first house. Oh, three years, too far. No, you are only 18. So that means at 21, you have your own land. Which I couldn't have at that age. At that age, I couldn't tell my left from my right at 21. So don't be like me. At 21, you must know exactly what you're up to. Are we together here? So it is possible that if you acquire land at 21, maybe at 28, you have your own house. First house, which others are trying to have now at 52. I'm telling you, days fly, years fly. Before you know it, you discover that there's gray hair, but there's nothing you've done apart from buying a, a Toyota Corolla on loan. You say, gee. In so many years' time, I'll be retiring. What have I done with myself? That's why some people go into depression. Because they discover they haven't done, they haven't achieved anything in life. Be careful. Now, let's look at stages of planning. Stages of planning. I hope what I'm showing you is making sense to you. Is it making sense to you? How many are saying, Pastor, you are helping us to have a great future? How many are saying, you are helping us to have a great future? Praise the Lord. Stages of planning. Step number one, or stage number one, sit down first. It is called the sitting down stage. Sit down. Sit down first. Luke 14, verses 28 to 30. Now, how many know as we are opening to that, that it is very helpful to get it right first time. How many 
think that that is a good thing to do. To get something right first time. It's better. That is why this stage is crucially important for all of us, young and old. The stage of sitting down first. For which of you intending to build a tower? That tower in your case is what? Purpose. Which of you intending to achieve purpose? Have you said it? Please, let, let's have that verse. Does not sit down first. Which of you intending to achieve purpose does not sit down first? You must sit down first. Now, the question is, why am I sitting down? Why should I sit down? Now, sit down to do several things. Number one, sit down to think about what it is that you want to achieve in life. Sit down to think about what you want to achieve in life. What is it? Let me know. Am I clear about what I want to achieve? Number two, sit down to think about what must be done to achieve what has to be achieved. Sit down to think about what must be done to achieve what you want to achieve. Number three, sit down to set specific goals for your journey. Set specific goals, milestones concerning what you want to achieve. What are the little, little stages or things I should be achieving either on weekly basis, monthly basis, annual basis, that if I achieve those little, little stages, I will be getting closer to what I want to achieve in the ultimate. Now, just for illustration purposes, if you want to build a five-star hotel in 20 years' time. What do you want to do? Huh? To build a five-star hotel in how many years' time? 20 years' time. Definitely, you don't have the money now, but you can start the journey. So where do you think you can start from? As an example, you can start by establishing a hawker. You know hawker? Hawker. In our language, they call it okara. Huh? That's where I start from. 
But your big vision is to build a five-star hotel. You put up a hawker, which you're going to discipline yourself to grow, and then you graduate from a hawker, or you can say, okay, I'm going to have a hawker in every location. I'm not going to graduate yet to a bigger shop. I'll just have hawkers in different places. So one in 49, another in Kawale, another in Chilinde, another in Chinsapo, another. But you can also say, no, out of this, I'm going to put up a bigger grocery shop. Out of that, I shall probably establish aside the grocery shop, I will set up, as I grow, I will set up a supermarket. Or, not even that, but I will set up a wholesale business. I will be selling things on wholesale, so shopkeepers will be buying things from me at wholesale price. And this wholesale that I have established in the long way, I will set up another one in Blantyre, another one in Chewu, another one in Karonga, another one in Mzuzu. What are you doing there? You are expanding. And at the end of the day, your net worth is not going to be the same 200,000 that you used to start the hawker. Maybe you'll be at 20 million. Who knows? And then you say, okay, let me set up a lodge. But where are you going? Five-star hotel. Let me set up a lodge in Salima. Or indeed within town. You work on it, you work on it, you put up another lodge. You work on it, you work on it. Maybe you sell all of them. Who knows? And then you discover that you have probably... 300 million, which you didn't have 20 years back. And then you say, okay, let me start constructing something. Maybe even the hotel, you may not start with a five star that you are dreaming about. You start with a two star. As it grows, you improve some few things, it becomes, they come for assessment, three star. <laughs> you add some more rooms, conference what, conference what, it becomes a four star. Then with what you have, you know, put in place, then what do you say? You say, okay, maybe let me push for a bank loan. You add more stuff to your hotel. When they come back, they say, oh, wow, Malawian, you have a five star hotel. But this is a 20 year dream that you've been pursuing it, if it goes slightly over 20 years don't kill yourself push on as long as you are still alive the dream must come true is it making sense so can you see how big things can be achieved can you see how big things can be achieved hallelujah Sit down to set specific smaller goals that will lead you to the attainment 
of that which you want to achieve in life. Praise God. So stage number one is what? Sitting down stage. Sit down first. Number two, count the cost. That's stage number two. Count the cost. Count the cost. Still in Luke chapter 14, verses 28 to 30. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost? Whether he has enough to finish it. Next verse. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. You see, life can be full of mockery if you don't do things right. Next verse. Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. That is why you must count the cost. Next, Next verse. Can we see if there is something else? Yeah, let's move on here. It says, what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Next verse. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. It's wise to do so. But it is all a product of sitting down, number one. Number two, counting the cost. What do we want to say on counting the cost? This is where you map out what is needed to accomplish the goals that you have set for yourself. Map out what is needed, the requirements for accomplishing the goals set before you. This is where you assess the goals at hand, your present position, and you set up strategies for getting to the desired end. So, this is the analytical phase of things. Hmm. I want to achieve this in the next five years. Where do I start from? What does it take to get there? What does it take these days to build a three-bedroomed house with a guest wing? And the guest wing is going to be ensuite. And people will be telling you that you need, at a minimum, 80 million. Wow. So how do I get it? You count the cost. Say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Yes, I'm a graduate, but I'll be living in a house that will not cost me more than 40000 Oh, what type of house is that? It doesn't matter because I don't want to be renting for the next 20 years. So I would rather live in such a cheap house for the next five years because I want to be making savings. I want to build my first house as quickly as possible. Planning. You are counting the cost. 
So sometimes there's going to be not just a financial cost. There's also the cost of hard work, diligence. The cost of mockery. Some people will be saying, hey, we're together in college. We're together, but look at how he's saying. Not knowing that you're actually working on something. That is how to be clever in this life. Hallelujah. Number three. Knowledge acquisition or information gathering. Knowledge acquisition or call it information gathering. Get facts. Facts about your assignment. In other words, be well informed about your area of pursuit. Get as much facts as you practically can. Get as much facts, as much information as you can manage about your areas of pursuit. So you must read extensively around your area of pursuit. Be a master, an expert in terms of knowledge and technicalities around what you want to achieve. We call it getting facts, information gathering, knowledge acquisition. Be well informed because to be uninformed is to be deformed. To be uninformed is to be deformed. In other words, to be ignorant is to be a fool. To be ignorant, to be unaware, to have shallow knowledge is to render yourself foolish. And if you don't want to make a mockery of your life, be well acquainted about your areas of pursuit in life. Is it making sense? One, two, three, four. Let's look at number four quickly. Write your plans. Write your plans. Somebody said, what you do not write, you may never get right. What you do not write, what you don't put down, you may never get it right. You may never achieve it. One of the basic indicators of the fact that you are serious about something is when you write it. It shows that you have some level of seriousness already about what you want to achieve. If you can write it down, you are already on your way to achieving it. If you can write it down, you are already on your way to achieving it. Write down the vision. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. Write down the vision. Write down, write down, write down. God believes in writing. <laughs> God believes in writing. 
he told John on the island of Patmos, he said, these things write. These things must be written. God believes in writing. Now, number what now? Number five, let's, let's look at this before we look at the last part. Write down your plan and then number five is programming. 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 I'm showing you stages of planning. Number five, programming. What is programming? This is where you attach time frames, time frames to your goals. You've broken the thing into achievable stages. Now you attach time frames to those specific goals that you want to achieve that after you achieve them will lead to the overall attainment of that which has to be achieved. So programming is about touching, I mean, attaching time frames to your goals. In other words, when do you want to achieve what? When? Do I want to achieve this particular goal? This particular activity? Time frames. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 1 is very clear about that. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Verse number 1 says, To everything there is a what? A season, a time for every what? purpose now attainment of purpose is time bound time bound so attach specific time frames to some specific goals in life praise God number six budgeting Budgeting. Budgeting is about costing the activities that will be carried out in the course of pursuing your goals. You must cost the activities that will be carried out in the course of pursuing your goals. That's number six, my friend. Number seven, the last one. Monitoring and evaluation. Monitoring and evaluation mechanism. Monitoring and evaluation mechanism. So as part of planning, you put in place a mechanism of evaluating your performance in the attainment of your goals. At what stage of the year will I be sitting down to evaluate my progress? In that which I want to achieve. Is it going to be once a year or twice a year? Okay, if it is twice a year, at what stages of the year? Is it at the end of the year, middle of the year? There has to be some form of monitoring and evaluation mechanism. Praise the name of Jesus. Because as you get yourself busy pursuing whatever it is that you're pursuing, it is very easy for you to deviate from the main thing that you had wanted to achieve. That is why you need monitoring 
and evaluation. Now, here is. Let's look at what I'm calling strategic areas of life that require clear planning. Strategic areas of life that require clear planning. And these have been captured on our handout, first page, where you have down there a list of one to ten. Have you seen that list? Yes or no? First page. Number one is spiritual. Number two is your ministry life. Number three is what? Family. Number four, health or fitness. Number five, educational or personal what? Development. Number six, career or occupational. Number seven, financial or investment. Number eight, real estate or infrastructure. You see, don't arrive at the age of 45 without any building in life, not even a toilet. Huh? No. Somebody shout, no. And then number nine is what? Societal impact or legacy. What is it that you want to be remembered for? When Malawi hears that Dr. So-and-so, Honorable So-and-so, has passed on to glory. Maybe they were announced on the radio, I don't know. He or she has died at the age of 78. What will they be lamenting about concerning you? That's the legacy we are talking about. What will they be saying they are going to miss about you? You see, we read in the papers, people say, you know, this is a big loss to the football fraternity of the nation. That is how that fellow is being remembered. He made contributions in the area of football in the nation. In your case, what will they be saying? Apart from church people who sometimes will be lying at your funeral to say, Hallelujah. So, when we talk of 20-year dream, what we are saying is, First of all, can you put your name on the sheet? That space that says name. Put your name there. That shouldn't take you more than 30 seconds. Have you written your name? Now, write your current age. Now, 
write what your age is going to be by 2039. How old are you going to be by 2039? Have you captured it? How many are going to be over 50? By 2039, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. How many will be above 40? By 2039. Good. So you can see that the next 20 years are very crucial for you. Am I right here? So what is the starting point? The starting point is imagine yourself in 2039. Are we together here? Let's say today is 2039. Today is what? 2039. What and where do you want to be spiritually? In your knowledge of God? In your walk with Jesus? Are you still going to be a Christian 20 years from now? Are you going to be the kind of person that will be trying to pluck from Bandilo? I don't think Bandilo will still exist in 20 years' time. That's my prayer. That, that, that thing will, clo will close shop very shortly. Will change that place from being a drinking center into a revival center. Hallelujah. How about ministry-wise? Spiritual is to do with you and God, personal. But ministry is now is to do with kingdom service. Where do I want to be 20 years from now ministerially? Hallelujah. And then in terms of family. Family can be anything. How many children will I have that time? Will I be married that time or not? You can decide to say 20 years from now, I don't want anything to do with marriage. It's all up to you. But it's good to marry than to burn. Paul said that, isn't it? Than to be boiling sexually. It's good to marry. How about health or fitness? All these things. I think that is clear, isn't it? 20 years from, don't say I'm still young. Forget about your age. Who is going to be less than 20 in 20 years' time? <laughs> Nobody. That means you're old enough to imagine. Are we together here? You are old enough to imagine where you're going to be 20 years from now. Now, hear this. Once you set up those broad pictures of where you're going to be 20 years from now. And please, have you seen number eight? Number eight is what? Everyone read. Number eight, one, two, go. What am I going to have in terms of real estate in 20 or by 
am I going to have lodges? How many? Five lodges? Ten filling stations? Twenty-five dwelling houses? Or one thousand dwelling houses? Whichever way you have to capture it. Are we together here? And then, once you do that, that is where you want to be 20 years from now. But you need to start from somewhere. Is it making sense? So where do you start from? Next page. To show that you are serious, this is where you start from. So, this second page is simply saying, as the grace of God abounds towards me, I commit myself to accomplishing the following goals this year one. Because after 2019 passes, you are remaining with how many years? So be very careful. Every day that you live takes you closer to 2039. So you have to spend each and every day wisely. Is it making sense? So, spiritually, you list the things that you are going to do this year. Ministry-wise, family, stroke, relational, all we are saying there is so many of you maybe are not at that maritable age, and therefore, you can set yourself the goal of reading books on marriage, raising children. Are we together here? Read books on marriage. Get knowledge. Don't be like your parents that just entered into marriage. Read. And some of you, maybe your inclination is towards boys. Me, I just want to have baby boys. Even if they are five, I just want all of them boys. So, read books on parenting boys. And ask those that are parenting boys what their experiences are with boys. <laughs> Hallelujah. How about parenting teenagers? Read all those books. Don't say I'm a teenager myself. No, I will read it. I want to acquire information. Health issues. Fitness issues. Exercise. Start planning around how much exercise you will be engaging. Now, don't wait until you, are, you reach 2039 before you start exercising when you start having backache because you are now 53. No. Start exercising when? Now. Is it making sense? And so on and so forth. Real estate infrastructure development. Maybe some of you are, are, are still far away, but there are things, materials you can read. You, there are people you can talk to about construction and what. Is it making sense? So, these things are crucially important. So, what do we want on 31st of March? We will need two sets of documents from you. A document that says, this is where 
I'm going to be in 20 years' time. 2039. This is me 20 years from now. Nobody's going to read those things. I'll just pray for them. Or you want me to read? Now, that is second, first document. Second document is what you're going to do this year. Our pastor already wrote something during the, well, for the crossover night. No, maybe you didn't have this kind of information then. So draw something proper for this year. Put something on paper that you really commit yourself to doing by December 31st. And then this will follow every year up to the year 2039. Is it making sense? Hallelujah. Now, are there questions people want to ask? I can take one or two questions if need be. No questions? Is it clear? Yes, please. Yes. Where is the microphone? Wait for the microphone, please. Now, as we wait for that question, please take note of the three questions that are uh, on the first page of the handout. They are to do with personal relationship assessments. And these questions, you remember, I keep coming back every now and then to the issue of association. Remember? Association. Association. You cannot achieve the kind of things you'll be putting on paper if you associate unwisely. And therefore, those three questions are crucially important. Can we read them together? Question number one, which friendships are most valuable to me? Number two, which friendships distract me from my goals in life? What must you do with those friendships? End them. And terminate those relationships. Now, this may not be boy-girl relationships, please. We are talking about associations that seem not to add value to you. You must always, all the time, maintain the kind of association, the kind of friendships that are adding value to you. Anything else, drop it. This includes programs you watch on television. It's part of friendships and association. Books you read. Of course, indeed, people that you hang out with. Never hang out with people that are not encouraging you to fear God. Those that are not encouraging you to be more and more holy and righteous before God. Please. Run away from such associations. Question number three is what? What new relationships are needed in my life? At every point in the course of the next 20 years, you must keep asking yourself these questions.
There are certain relationships or friendships that are beneficial now that may not be beneficial two years from now. So drop them at that point. And always have new relationships, friendships, and connections. We're talking about networking here in order for you to achieve what has to be achieved in life. Is it making sense? All right. Let's have the question now. On the, the second page where it talks about the first year plan, number five and number six, educational um, slash personal development in career slash occupation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes these two, they kind of look similar. When, you, when you're talking of education, you're also looking at your career. You go into an industry, maybe because you want to be an engineer one day. So there are times whereby one would want to switch a career. Maybe you have started um, mass communication and then maybe you want to do marketing or BBM. What, what do you have to do when is that time? When you're writing a plan, do you have to include that? That maybe you may want to shift to maybe creative writing as a major or maybe you want to do film industry as a major. What do you really have to do on that one? All right. Plans are never cast on stone. That means plans can be reviewed. You remember we talked about monitoring and evaluation mechanism. You need to put in place that. Now, if at a point you intend to change careers, one of the things that will definitely be affected here is probably the educational aspect of your goals. Instead of acquiring qualification A, you have to acquire qualification B. So number five is going to change in terms of content because number six is changing. So occupational really has to do with how far do you want to go in your profession? In, in terms of impact. While number five is purely personal development, what additional qualifications do I need? This one is how far am I rising or do I want to rise in my profession, in, in my accounting profession? So for example, if you intend to work all your life, you'll be saying, okay, maybe I'll join as, a, as, an, as, a, as an assistant accountant. But how far do I want to go? Maybe I want to rise until I arrive at the chief executive position. That's occupational. You want to rise in that fashion now. But if there's going to be a change into a new field, definitely number five has to change. You probably need to acquire new skills. And that has to do with your personal development. I don't know if I've answered your question. Right. Any other questions? Yes, please. Can we? Okay, we seem to have more than more than one, more than two questions. So we'll take that one, and then before I take it, before I attempt to answer that one, we'll also get the other one this side. Yes, go ahead, please. Yeah, go ahead. It's on now, I think. Uh, you were saying about the planning, the documents. Is it going to be for this year 
like the ones we are going to bring on 31st, is it going to be of this year or for the whole 20 years? Both. I said I will need two sets of documents from each one of you. One that spells out where you're going to be 20 years from now. And the second one is for this year. What are you going to start doing? Uh, because this is year one of 20. Is it making sense? Yeah. So this year is year one of 20. So what are you starting immediately this year? Little that may be, but what is that little thing or, or whatever effort you're going to make in order to get closer to where you want to be 20 years from now? Praise the name of Jesus. Can we take the next question? Hopefully that is going to be the last one for, for now. But if you still have uh, some few areas of clarification, please, you can always uh, talk to uh, your pastors, Pastor Dan, Pastor Godfrey. We have Sister Tio there and Sister Ada. So you can always talk to them. They will assist you accordingly. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, thank you for this uh, session. I think we have been helped, uh, some of us, many of us. Uh, I had two questions. One, of course, has been already tackled, about five and number six okay. on personal commitments. Uh, the second question... I think you have also just answered. I was uh, trying to find out to say between now and the 30th, uh, as we'll be working on this plan, I think because it's the first time we may have a lot of questions, mm -hmm. so I wanted to find out to say who can we meet if uh, we have some questions which we need some clarifications. All right. And uh, further to that, I just had a suggestion to say maybe, maybe next week, uh, for some just maybe five minutes or ten minutes, maybe during the time of uh, activities, articles, maybe we can just have a, a sample, a, a, sample, a sample plan like this one, just something, uh, uh, just to have an idea, because most of, most of us here have not done it, so I think maybe to have a, a sample uh, would also assist. Thank you. The problem I have with samples that is they, they cease to become samples now, they become the, the main document. I think what we've done on the second page should give you an idea of what to capture. What I would advise is that you go ahead and capture something. Okay? And if people will be flexible and open enough, you can always engage uh, the people I've mentioned to just let them have a look at what you've done. Is, is that okay? Yeah, because we want you to think. All right? We want you to think. I think we've given you 
enough guidance and we expect you to come up with something and then probably between now and 30th let the pastors and their team just look at what you've done and let them guide to say maybe you need to be more detailed here what are you what does this mean and so on and so forth i think probably that sh that is a fair arrangement yes or no yes. you still want a sample <laughs> no try try to work th something out i'll also be around a to, to see if you, you can also see me and, and the rest of the team uh, so that we, we just guide you on uh, what you're doing if, if you think you may not get certain aspects right. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. Now, what we are discussing here is what we call wisdom. What is it? The wisdom of God. If you have ever heard about the wisdom of God, this is part of it. So I want you to pray for the baptism of the spirit of wisdom upon your life. Father, may you baptize me with the spirit of wisdom. I want to be a wise person in life, in ministry, and in all dimensions of my being. I want to be a wise person. Bestow upon me the spirit of wisdom. Now, James chapter 1 and verse number 5 as we rise on our feet, please. James chapter 1 and verse number 5. If anyone of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So, among other channels, wisdom comes by prayer. When you ask God for wisdom, he gives it to you. And that is how Solomon the wise received his wisdom. God asked him in a dream. What do you want me to do for you, Solomon? And the man said, give me wisdom. And he was the wisest among the kings of Israel. So you are going to lift your voice and say, Father, give me a baptism of the spirit of wisdom. And deal me with the spirit of wisdom. Lift your voice, everyone. How many are praying? Lift your voice. Lift your voice, lift your voice, lift your voice. May you bestow upon me, Lord, the spirit of wisdom. I want to be a wise person. Lord, I receive an endowment of the spirit of wisdom. An endowment of the spirit of wisdom. I receive it. I receive it. I receive the spirit of wisdom.
I receive the baptism of wisdom, O God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I receive the baptism in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. We may be seated. May we all package our offerings, tithe, sacrifices, whatever we have brought to the house of the Lord. If you don't have an envelope, may you lift up your hand. As we are doing that, do we have any new person? If it is your first time coming to PICC, may I see your hand? May we clap hands for them. You're going to, may, if you are new, can I see your hand again? They have to give you a card. At the end, you're going to meet with precious Maliwa. At the back, they, amen. If we have packaged our offerings, may we lift them up high. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for another yet an opportunity of giving us, oh God, to give. Bless every give, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Okay. Uh, may you hold the hand of your neighbor. The hand of your neighbor. So if you didn't greet them when you were coming, that makes it a bit hard. But may you hold the hand of your neighbor. That particular neighbor is going to be your prayer partner for this week. Come on, are we really praying for, the, for each other? Okay. Um, those that haven't registered, there was a notebook at the information desk at the back, but I noticed some people maybe didn't register. Those that didn't register, may raise your hands. Many said, I'm going to register. Okay. Okay, so you're going to be given a notebook as well. Uh, remember, Tuesday is our day for prayer and fasting. Amen. So that means if you are a youth and also a member here, you have two days that you have to fast. Covenant days of fasting. On a Tuesday, we are praying for youth church. On a Thursday, you are praying for PICC as a church. Amen. So that means... For even your person, that means maybe it makes it three times in a week where you have to fast and pray. Amen? Next Sunday, may we all, how many of us can invite at least three people next Sunday? Three. At least one. Everybody should just invite at least one person. And actually, it's a bit easier to invite people. With this WhatsApp generation, eh? you just to miss the flyers. So you're inviting somebody to church. Okay, those that have activities for next week, they should register with Perpetual. So Perpetual is that. Okay. May you stand up? Yeah, that one. Uh, youth church service starts at 1.30. 1.30. Half 1.80. So many of us, many of you, make sure you start off from home. Maybe half 12, 12 o'clock. Otherwise, we really have to be punctual by 1.30, unless otherwise, we have to start 
at 1.30. Attend us for young adult ministries and teens ministries. So if you are still a teenager, you are part of the youth church, but you are also in teens ministry. If you are a young adult, not a teenager, anybody above that, that means you're also in young adults' ministries. So we are all in young adults or teens' ministry, but we are also all in youth church. That means if you are in young adults, if there's a young adult meeting, you're supposed to attend. Amen? If you're in teens, if there's teens' meeting, you're also supposed to attend. Amen? May we all rise up on our feet. Thank God, celebrate him for the impartation of wisdom that has given us. for the ability to learn how to plan. Appreciate him. Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord, for the teaching of your word and everything you've spoken to us through your servant in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Have we enjoyed this afternoon? Uh, next week will be even more glorious. Tell your neighbor, next week I have to see you here. All right, so lift both hands to God. I would like to bless you. Oh, by the way, before that, put them down. How many are on Facebook here? And you haven't yet liked the Facebook PICC Youth Facebook page. Lift your hand. All right, so I want you to immediately do that before you leave. If you have data band on your, in your, on your phone... I want you to do that. You're going to have to like PICC youth page and then share it with all the people, your friends. We also have an Instagram uh, page. We have a Twitter page. So if you're not on Twitter, please go on Twitter and also like begin to follow uh, PICC youth. Are we together? All right. So lift, lift our hands. May the Lord bless you. Amen. May the Lord protect you. Amen. May the Lord watch over you. Amen. May the wisdom to plan land upon you. Amen. May the wisdom of God that will cause you to be wiser than your teachers begin to manifest. Uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, the spirit of excellence is now at work in your life. Uh, Everywhere you go, you shall be associated with excellence. Amen. Everywhere you go, you shall be associated with distinction. Amen. Everywhere you go, you shall be associated with greatness. Amen. I decree the grace of greatness upon our Father is landing on you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I said in the name of Jesus. The spirit to lead and take over in everything that you do is now manifesting in the mighty name of Jesus. In business, I see you taking over. I say in career, I see you taking over. In your academics, you are taking over the top. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every lost opportunity is restored now back in the mighty name of Jesus. Lost scholarships are now being given back to you by the Holy Ghost. Huh? 
lost jobs god is giving you new jobs in the name of jesus uh, i say in the mighty name of jesus uh, opportunities for further studies are coming in your direction in the mighty name of jesus uh, we decree the grace and ability to win souls is landing upon your life uh, as a youth, you are going to be on fire for God in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, we release the grace and the ability to preach the gospel in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I say in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, go and succeed in everything that you do this week in the name of Jesus. Uh, go and prosper in the name of Jesus. Uh, Go and make a difference in the name of Jesus. Uh. Go and be a blessing to your parents, to your family, and to all your guardians in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh. I say in the name of Jesus. Uh. From this afternoon, I decree that your star is beginning to shine in the name of Jesus. Uh. Shout, my star is shining again. Uh. In the name of Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Let's clap hands for Jesus. I want you to walk to three people you don't know after we make the closing declaration. I want you to walk to three people you don't know. Ask their name, their phone number, relate with them apart from the prayer partner, but find somebody you don't know. Ask them about their lives, where they're staying, get to know them. How are we together? Your church is about interaction and fellowship and making new friends. Remember, association. Uh -huh. So we are building godly associations in this place. So make sure you get to know somebody. Our closing declaration in PICC, Psalms 23 and verse number 6. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.